0: This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from the work they do so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. This show features interviews with people who have already created success in their lives and businesses and stories about everyday people living extraordinary lives. It's time for you to add value. I am so excited for today's guest. Nathan Eichhorn is the owner broker of Quick Start Lending a mortgage broker. He's an ambitious entrepreneur who chose to start his own business because he wanted to honor his values and beliefs and take better care of people. Whether you need a mortgage to buy a home or looking to refinance for a better rate or some cash out in your property, quick start lending can help. And I'm excited to learn more about Nathan's story and be able to share that with you. And so join me today in welcoming my guest, Nathan Eichhorn. Man, Nathan, I'm sure I appreciate you being willing to meet with me today, I know that uh, you and I have uh, similar faith backgrounds and and uh, similar entrepreneurial journeys, and and I just appreciate uh, you coming on. I know you you've got some exciting uh, attitudes and motivations that I think my audience would appreciate, and so um, appreciate the opportunity to to have this conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I'm happy thanks for of, you know inviting me to do so.
0: Yeah, so would you share just a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey, um, how you got started?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it, it, just as far as what's going on right now, uh, Quick Start Lending uh, started in April of 2019. Um, if you wanna go back a little, where, where it really started was uh, 2004. Um, I became a mortgage broker uh, back in you know what we consider now to be kind of the wild, wild west of mortgages. Um, <laughs> I was actually kind of funny because I was working at 24 hour fitness and at that time, and, you know, to be a personal trainer at 24 hour, uh, you had to have, you know, your certifications, you had to, you know, they go through a background check. You, you had to prove that you were qualified to do the job that you did. And, uh, I was a general manager at the time, but when I started in mortgages, my first day I was on the phone taking applications. <laughs> no education, no background, no—I mean—and now that it was here's a script. The phone's ringing, pick it up and and get after it. Um, so that's kind of where it started when I when I got into the industry. And then in 2008, you know, everybody kind of went through the crash, and and I wish I could say that I had the foresight to see what was coming, um, but I didn't. I actually just—I um, had my son in 2007, and I just kind of it it, it kind of made me grow up a little bit, and I looked around and I just didn't like where I was. I didn't like the people I worked with. I didn't like the industry that I was in, um, in the current state that it was, I just, I just didn't like it. It was, uh, it was, you know, if you look at the, you know, I always tell everybody, if you've seen the the big short, you know, those two really douchey guys in Florida, the loan officers, like how, I mean, that was everybody I knew and and myself (laughs) included. I'm not going to try and say like, I was the guy wearing the halo in the office. I was, I fit right in. Um, (laughs) and so uh, but I got out and, uh, went into telecom for about four years. And then back in 2012 or late 2012, early 2013, um, a buddy of mine who had not left the industry, uh, invited me to, you know, come back and work for him. And I really did like doing mortgages. Um, I enjoyed the, the, just kind of the, uh, the, the challenges that it, uh, that it offers the, you know, being the expert in that, in that huge financial transaction. And just kind of, I, I, I just, I liked it. Like the numbers, I like how everything worked. So I went, I got, went back and luckily at this time because of Don Frank, I got licensed. Uh, nice. They did a background check. They did a credit okay. check. They, they did all the things that they should have been doing all along um, and then uh, worked in retail lending for a bit. And then in 2000, uh, uh, I think it was 2016, I left retail and I became a broker and where started working for a buddy of mine who had a broker shop. Um, and uh, and then in 2019, I, I started Quick Start Lending, so.
0: Nice, now now tell me a bit about Quick Start.
1: <sighs> so, um, you know, we're, we're a wholesale broker and, and what that means is that we have, we're not tied to one individual lender. You know, one of the things, uh, that I didn't like about retail, or one of the things I didn't, you know, kind of didn't really like about the lending industry even back then was just there's so much in our industry that's hidden. Um and you know, not to attack retail lenders, I'm not trying to you know get after them, but retail lenders don't have to disclose how much money they make on a loan, right? They they have there's 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 rules, a different set of rules that they play by. And personally, I just didn't I didn't like that. Um, so I set up Quick Start um, for two, you know, two two main things that I want to, um, you know, my two primary goals was to offer the most competitive pricing that I can uh, for my clients. So you know, we can offer some of the lowest rates available um, and still provide for my family and still keep my business, um, you know, afloat because that's you know, uh, it's important. If I'm not around, I can't help people. Right. Um, we have to stay, you know, we have to stay in the black there. Um, and then the other thing is to be transparent as possible you know um, mortgages it's not it's not um, it's not valuable knowledge to carry around on a daily basis you know the the ins and outs of a mortgage um, and it's tough to keep up because our guidelines change our overlays change the lender uh, may change their policy on a certain you know self-employed income or uh, condo questionnaires or you know whatever it may be and so for the for a normal consumer to keep up with that it's just it's not it's not worth the brain damage that it would cause. Um, and so, you know, we try to just be as informative as we possibly can and, and as formative as our clients want to be. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. I'm one of them. Like when it comes to my, you know, trucks, my car, um, I don't care how it works.
0: <laughs> just that it works.
1: Just that it works. Um, and, you know, the mechanic wants to explain to me what's going on and I just kind of glaze over and... I don't understand a word you just said. Is it going to be working? Okay, great. And let me move on. Um, I kind of follow uh, something my old man used to tell me, which was, you know, try to be as knowledgeable as you can in as many areas as you can. But in the end, you know, find an expert and then trust that expert.
0: Nice. That's Um, great advice.
1: Yeah. So I I kind of stick with that. And that's, that's our goal is to be experts at at mortgage. So our clients don't have to, uh, you know, burn any brain cells trying to, trying to figure it out.
0: So, what do you what do you consider your your purpose? Like, what is, whereas Simon Sinek would say, what what's your why? What what's what's driving Nathan?
1: <laughs> um, my why is freedom. Uh, you know, financial freedom, time, uh, freedom of time, uh, freedom of choice. Just you know, the, the freedom to to do the things that I want to do when I want to do it. You know, I I, um, I had been speaking with somebody recently, and we were we were talking about you know success and what's it look like, and I feel like the more the less half twos I have, the more successful I am. Nice, and that that's that's kind of our, you know, I got the the sign back here, uh, you know, shows what a million dollars a year looks like. Um, and it's not, that, you know, I have it up there just because, honestly, I just kind of really like that sign, and I thought it was a good, a good driver. But, um, yeah, just you know, we want to be able to do the things that we want to do when we want to do them. I want that, I want that kind of freedom. And, um, you know, I, I chose this career path because it offers that. You know, as long as I have an internet connection in my laptop, um, I can work. Um, pretty soon, it's probably going to change to an internet connection in my phone, and then probably. Soon after, I won't even need an internet connection. I'll just need my phone and some cellular. So, uh, right. But yeah, I mean, I've worked last year. I got to work from uh San Lucas. I got to work from uh, San Diego. I got to work from Costa Rica. I got to work uh, from Beaver Creek. Um, you know, we can go on vacations and not not really miss a beat. So uh, that's kind of nice. But uh, I think the ultimate goal would be able to go on vacations and not take my laptop with me.
0: <laughs> or or your phone <laughs> or my
1: yeah, right
0: yeah no they that's the kind of freedom i'm looking for right not that i want to ever quit working yep. but i, I want to work when i want to work and i want to play when i want to play and and have the opportunity to have both of those things in my life yep. absolutely um so one of the things that that i like to touch on and obviously um, i think most entrepreneurs um, need to build their business through connection um talk to me a little bit about connection and the connections that have been valuable, um, for you in, in building your business?
1: Uh, man, uh, they're, they're everything. Yeah. I mean, the shirt that I'm wearing right now, uh, is a group that I'm a part of called the RFA syndicate. Um, and it's a group of entrepreneurs from around, around the country. Um, some of the best in the business and I mean, from all over the place, we got gym owners, we got pest control, we got plumbers, we've got coaches, we've got, um, financial advisors, real, I mean, they're just like every, every job you can possibly think of is represented. Um, and you know, a few years ago, I, I started following, um, I and, uh, any Priscilla, and they're the two guys who started the RTA syndicate. Um, and Ed had, you know, I know he's not the first one to say it. I I th- actually, I think he got it from, um, oh man, now the name's escaping me, but it's just great. Right. Um, if you hang around five winners, you're going to be number six. If you hang around five losers, you're going to be number six. So, you know, for me, when it comes to those, the the people that I surround myself with, my goal is when I go to a, when I'm in a group or when I'm in a meeting or when I'm a, I want to be the lowest common denominator in the room, right? If I'm in, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I'm I'm in the wrong room and everybody's in trouble. Um, (laughs) So I, you know, I, I, I actively seek out, you know, pre, prior to kind of what I call like my, my, you know, whatever you want to call it, epiphany, awakening, whatever it may have been, you know, I used to be envious of those people. I used to be, you know, secretly like, you know, I'd see somebody posting their success or something that, you know, awesome that happened. And I, I just, I hate it. You know, I was, I was, I was a hater. I was a true hater. I didn't, I, I wanted you to do okay, but not better than me. Right. Right. Um.
0: Well, and that's those limiting beliefs, beliefs, right? Those limiting oh beliefs God. coming out saying, oh, he's got it. That means I can't have it, right?
1: It's such a destructive mindset. And I, man, I, that was my mindset for 40, what, 41 years. You know, even though I didn't know it and I wasn't active in it, it's not until you get to the other side of it. So you realize how bad it was, right? Absolutely. And, and even when you thought, you know, I thought, you know, in 2008, I left mortgages because I thought those people were bad. And I was like, <laughs> I was going to be a better person, but I just, I just moved and shifted into another place and uh, still didn't get it. You know, I call it that get it factor um, Yeah. where, you know, you just, you get it, you understand, you know, um, like Zig Ziglar. Like, I, I love that. Uh, the, one of the sayings that he has where like, you know, um, the key is the path to success is helping as many other people as you possibly can. Are Absolutely. You, I'm paraphrasing. i am paraphrasing. I forget exactly what it is, but it's, but it's along those lines. And, and I look back and I go, you know, all the books Zig Ziglar and, um, you know, uh, Ed my even Ed Milet and uh, man, I got to look at my books now. But you know, Jim Quick and uh, you know Tony Robbins and you know all the coaches, all the guys that you follow. Man, every one of those books, you can bring it right back to the Bible, right? <laughs> um, Absolutely. They all they all are just the same messages that were there are the, are the messages broken down and delivered in a different way but they're all the same. And the Bible says the same thing, you know, love your neighbor. Like I leave you, you know, Jesus was like, I leave you with this, you know, love one another. Like that's it. <laughs> and, and if you, if you put other people first and you take care of those people first, um, you're going to be okay. You're not, you know, it, it's, and, it, and it's worked out, you know, that's kind of been our, our thing for a couple of years now. And and man, we've had the, the three, three of the best years that I've, I've had in my life. Um, and, it, it it's, a,
0: it's amazing when you take care of people or, or you, your mindset changes towards towards serving instead of seeing people as a a deal you have to make you see them as a person that you get to serve um, yeah. I, th- I think it changes everything and and obviously that's you know I named my company add value to life based on encourage one another and build each other up. My my goal as a as a business coach is to build up other people everywhere all the time. Like <laughs> not just obviously clients or business people, but but everybody. If I'm adding value to people, whether it's the, the lady at the grocery store because I smile at her and say thank you and use her name or you know no. the kid walking down the street. Like my goal is is to add value to everyone that I run into. And it's that same it's that same principle. And I think Uh, You know, for me, actually coming out of the ministry, the the piece that I wrestled with the most is um, the church is so focused on the salvation message and not as focused on Jesus statement that I came to give them life and I came to give it to them to the full or abundant. Like Mm -hmm. his intention was abundant life um, and we can do so much more in that place than we can. Um, that freedom of time and money also becomes freedom of, of ability to help, um, and so I think uh, contribution is kind of the next thing on my list. So, how has contribution helped you um, in in that when you got it? I guess that get it moment or
1: <laughs> um, man, it, it it's it's huge. You know, um, a, a a good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, his name's Aaron Green. He's led my men's group for the past. 12 years now um, and he, 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 brought it, uh, he, we were talking about, uh, it was, this is several years ago, but I still remember it to this day. And one of the guys is talking about like greed and, and money is the root of all evil. And there was something, you know, something going along those lines and he kind of like pulled back and he goes, you know, God's our father. So think about what you want for your kids. You want to give them everything. You want them to have everything. You want them to be successful. You want them to be happy. You want them to be just like, you want them to live good lives. And and God wants the exact same for all of his children. And so, you know, I I looked at it, um, you know, one of the probably the proudest things I have is I've been able to tithe for the last three years. You know, one thing I, I do in my, in my, for my business is I look at people's financial statements Right, I look at bank statements, I look like at pay stubs, I look like at tax returns, and in you know the truth of the matter is, most people they don't give that first ten percent, and it's not out of not wanting to give it. Sure, Everybody wishes they could. You know, uh, it, it's it's they can't. You <laughs> know, we live in a world where everybody's overextended. Everybody, the new thing, the shiny, this, the new phone, the new, right, whatever it may be, everybody chases that and we're constantly bombarded on it. It takes a really strong person to overcome all of that influence, right? I mean, it's on your, it's on your phone when you pick it up, it's on Facebook, it's on TV, it's on the radio. It's like, you know, advertisement, marketing, all that. Right. So, um, you know, contributing being able to tithe like, Genuinely,
0: you know, like I love
1: that but I, I I grew up in a church where they never passed around the offering. There was a box in the back. Nice the pastor, pastor my church said, Hey, God loves a cheerful giver. You feel like giving today? There's a box in the back. And then he just moved on. That was it. It's all he ever said. Um and I've been a reluctant giver for a very long time. <laughs> And, and, and not even a, not even a good reluctant giver, like a very sparse and few and far between, but it it comes back to kind of what I was talking about, you know, if you take care of other people first, you're going to be okay. And if you budget and you strive to be able to give that first 10% and give it freely and give it willingly and give it cheerfully, then the rest of your budget falls into place. Like, I mean, amazingly to where now you're like, Oh, okay. Well, our 10% is good. Now, you know, where else, what what else do we got? Right. There's a a charity uh, down in downtown Denver called Socks place that I was introduced to by a a good friend of mine, Chris Griffith. Um, And, you know, we were able to, we were able to give some to them a little bit earlier this year and and now we kind of, we look for those other things, but you know, when you, when you change, when you have that, that switch and you, you go from that scarcity mindset to that abundance mindset, You're not afraid to give because and and I I hate saying it like you're confident you're going to get it back. And that's not what I mean. But you you kind of are like you you just know you're not worried about that anymore.
0: Right. Well, and it it really is. You you use the words that, you know, they can't, but it's really a change in priorities. Right. Like your 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 view of the world actually changes and and you see things differently. Um, it's kind of eye-opening right because now you can see the commercials for the manipulation and 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 the the almost I don't want to use the word lies but but almost the lies that that they tell you about happiness and about, you know, if you get this gadget or this shiny object or this thing, it's going to make you better entrepreneurs are victims of it all over the place. Like as soon as you become an entrepreneur, your Facebook feed just fills up with all of these things that are going to make your business grow instantaneously. Uh, Just send them your money. But the truth is you, your ability to make a contribution becomes a priority and, and your budget changes and what's important to you changes. Um, and 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 you're actually putting other people ahead of some of the things that that you thought were so important you had to have them
1: right yeah well um, I, I feel like you know when we're, when you' become an entrepreneur as well, you start looking at the other entrepreneurs right and i I heard this great podcast with Davo Sweeney um just i mean it's just on it's a, a Ed my lights podcast uh, Davo Sweeney's on it. It's probably one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to in my life. it was. Man, I, I I am now a Clemson fan um, because of, the, of that podcast. But he had this really great analogy. where he's talking about like, you know, comparison, right? Is we get caught, of course, doing that all the time, right? You look at that guy, like I, I, you know, I'm a I'm a mortgage broker, and I look at these other brokers, and I'm like, gosh, these guys are killing it. Why am I? Oh yeah, they've been doing it. You know, they've been doing this. What I've been, you know, I started my company in 2019. They started their company in 2015. Right? They're four years ahead of me. All, they're four years of lessons and four years of heartaches and four years of mistakes and errors and failures. I mean, they're four years ahead of me. And, and that was when he was talking about how he had these, like, you know, he he had these two young, like, coaching assistants coming up to him, like, hey, what do we got to do? Like, how do we become a coach? And, da, 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 da. and he made the analogy of, like, you know, I'm a head coach. So I'm going to get on this elevator, and it's going to take me right up to the 14th floor because I'm a head coach now. He's like you guys. You should probably take the stairs, <laughs> right? And it, it, it's the truth. It's like you, you got to go through it. You can't look at somebody who's here and say, "I want to, I want to, I want to be there right now." Right? Like, I'm okay. I'm a mortgage guy. I want to be where you are right now.
0: Well, and that's and, that same mindset, really that the 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 poverty mindset, the the limit limited mindset looks at those other people and looks at their success and wants their results without having done their work.
1: Right. And yeah. so,
0: you know, don't, don't beat yourself up over results you don't have for the work you haven't done.
1: Did you see my, I just posted that the other day.
0: <laughs> probably it probably stuck in my head somewhere. And that's exactly why.
1: It. I got that. It don't want saved on my phone. And under In my pictures, it's saved under my favorites. Cause it's like every now and then I got to, I, I got to put that right. And I, I mean, a lot of times when I post those things, I post them for myself. Of course. You know, it's, it's just, it's me reminding me like, Hey man, you gotta, you gotta slow, You got a long way to go. You need to slow down. Um, you know, it, it, it was, it was, I was just at, uh, I just went to a summit in uh, St. Louis at the first form headquarters. You know, that's the company that Andy Priscilla, one of the companies that Andy Priscilla owns. And that's where we had the RTA syndicate summit. And um, th- they got that up on their wall. It says uh, that, that, from the smoking the bandit song
0: right you know, a long
1: like way to go in a short time to get there we're we going to do what they say can't be done
0: love that song
1: oh man it's it, it's you know i've never they have it on their wall in the, in their in their headquarters and you know you think about that song but i've never thought about that line before right i not about that line before
0: not as an entrepreneur like you and i've thought about it driving a trans am going <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> <laughs> not, not necessarily running our business but it's true that's exactly what we're trying to do and and we've got our family and friends all telling us maybe you should get a job maybe 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 this isn't a good thing you know you've got a baby now you got to you got to take care of the baby what what are you thinking right um and and for me that a lot of those voices had come from the church and 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 it's a shame not that I want to attack the church or, or do anything but um i think the history of the church if you look at the Two thousand years of, of Christian church history. For many of those years, the church was a controlling entity, like it was intentionally controlling people's lives for their own good. You know, um, I don't I don't think the church's intention was ever evil necessarily. It was trying to make life better for people and trying to do good by the community as a whole. Um, but in the midst of that control, the abundance mindset kind of gets squished, <laughs> and and I think even the desire to tithe and give, you know, gets squished in the value of contribution. I think the reason Jesus loves a cheerful giver is because of what Jesus knows it's going to give back to him.
1: <laughs> I mean, they've gotten too big. Um, you know, I mean, when I talk about the church I grew up in, there was three hundred people. It didn't take it, it didn't. It didn't take passing buckets around to keep that church afloat. Right. Right. Everybody lived in the same community. It was very small. It was, it was, you know, and and people were cheerful to give. They wanted to, you know, if the church needed something, they would give it, you know, and the people who had enough gave more. The people who didn't probably didn't give or when they gave when they could, or, you know, whatever it may have been. But now you've got these and not to get on this whole church rant, but like now they're they're enormous. Nobody knows anybody. You know, I will admit, like, I love my church that I go to. I love my pastor. He's amazing but you know, there's two services and those services each have 800 people in them. Yeah. I don't know anybody. I know, I know like the, I know like four or five other people, but you know, in the, the, those, the smaller arenas, there's, it's more intimate and there's more culture and there's more familiarity and all of those things breed comfort and they breed like, you know, community and and you want to, you want to take care of it and you want to be, but you know, it, it's kind of like, a uh, somebody was talking about how the, the, um, you know, the Catholic church, when they used to plant churches, they planted them based on, you know, having three or 400 parishioners and then they went planted another one. And that's why like your drive that, you know, sometimes you, especially I just went back to Pennsylvania for an event a couple of months ago and man, every mile there's another church, <laughs> you know, it's like, but they there had to be because that's, how they, that's how they built them. Um,
0: yeah. I think, I think a couple of things have happened, right? Like the connection piece is more challenging. Um, but the resources piece is more challenging. You need a church of a certain size to have the resources that, that people in certain neighborhoods or classes expect. And then you, you need the, you want the connection of, of the small town, you know, home church that, that we're used to. I mean, I think there's just, I think I'm I'm hoping the church is gonna be more creative. I think COVID brought out some pretty cool things that the church was able to do to to make connection and do things um differently than than they've done before. And and I hope those kind of things can can continue. Um but I also think the church is a great um could be a great building ground for creating community and and solving each other's problems right through business, like, and and I think that's a that's a value that that the church could really take advantage of in the future is, is the expertise of entrepreneurs serving each other and and building each other up and and oh, yeah. just raising the, the net.
1: They so, both, they're so intertwined. I mean, the name of my company is actually Colossians three twenty three LLC. Nice. Work as if you're working for the you know, and all that you do, work as if you're working for the Lord.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: you know, one of the favorite things I, I I hear, you know, all over the place, uh, John Maxwell and and a lot of these, you know, these you know world renowned business coaches. But it's the truth. Right. It's that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. So if you you know, if you're walking down and you see trash and you just walk by it, what else are you ignoring?
0: Absolutely. What other
1: what other thing you know, the right thing to do, the right thing to do is pick that trash up, and put it in the trash. So if Absolutely. you know the right thing, why aren't you doing the right thing? And if you're skipping the right thing on that little step, then I know, I know for certain you're skipping other steps. You're skipping other things.
0: The one I catch people at all the time is the penny, right? Like you're, you're asking for abundance to come into your life. You're asking for wealth to come to light in your life. And you walk past a penny um, and not willing to, willing to pick up the penny. But so what, what is that statement that you're saying to yourself that a penny's not as valuable. It won't get me to a million dollars, but the message you're sending is that money's not valuable. I'm not going to pick it up. Um, I think it's similar to the trash, right? The right thing to do is pick it up. Pick up every every one penny, dime, nickel, quarter. You know, if you expect money to flow to you, you can't ignore even the smallest trickle, right? The smallest drop. Um, yeah, I appreciate that trash example, right? Doing the right thing in in every situation, and I, I think you know, culturally, obviously this year has brought out a lot of hate and a lot of, um, and the hate seems to go towards the rich in a lot of cases. And I think, you and I both know that that's part of that mindset, um, that a lot of people are stuck with and, and they don't understand that they could have the same things that they could, they could change their, their fortunes. And, and some would argue that, you know, well, nobody's told them and nobody's shown them and, 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 you know, I think that's where the church and and organizations of businesses can come in. And um, one of the things that I'm doing with 10 percent of my business's resources is I'm going to take business owners overseas, almost like a mission trip. But we're going to do business development for um, vendors and business owners, entrepreneurs in developing countries, businesses that can show up at a convention. Right. The business is like a hot dog cart on the corner or the guy that's selling cigarettes out of a box or. I, I'm. I want to provide those guys with some of the tools that we've learned as entrepreneurs. Anything else to add to contribution and what it's meant to you and your business, your family?
1: Man, it just it it, it just it's what it was that it just changed. You know, it, it changed everything. That mindset shift to giving first. You know, taking care of you know going into meetings instead of saying like let me show you how awesome i am at what i do and me 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 and all this and this is what i am and it, like it, i flipped my meetings to turn more like hey wh- what do you do tell me about you and then then i could just start thinking of like okay how can i help you who can i introduce you to who can i put you in touch with or like what's a great connection like you know one of my favorite things to say is like i got a guy like i got yeah. a guy for you i got someone that can that can do that Um, or like, man, just like, oh man, just meeting you made me think of this person. And I just think like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but, um, you guys need to meet, right. Like those, those types of, those are the things that I like to come out of meetings with, Um, Absolutely, and, you know, I feel like there's so many people that, that, you know, and you see it all the time because it's just that get it factor is very small. It's a small percentage of people, I think in, in my experience so far that get it. Um, and so you just, you know, you go through so many meetings where like people are just throwing their resumes up all over you. Um, you know, and I know that's how we started was with my resume, <laughs> but, but in a one-on-one meeting, you know, that where you're just sitting down and you're talking to someone, it's like, you know, people are interviewing versus just like being real with each other and just kind of like, Hey, this is, you know. What do you like to do or you know let me tell me about you like how many kids you got? are you married are you divorced? are you Where have you lived? What's your favorite place to visit? you know all those kind of those are the questions uh, to be asking and 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 those are the, the, the and, and and not just asking questions but actively listening to the answers because that's the other thing that we all do and I used to be guilty I'm still guilty of it because I'm still working on it, you know we're inherently, uh, excited to talk about ourselves and not necessarily listen to other people talking about themselves. And so it's, you know, it's like working out at the gym, right? Your, 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 muscles get bigger, the more you work out and the more effectively and the more, the, the safer. And, and when you work out the right way, using the right amount of weight and the right movements and you don't overdo it, it's the same thing for all of this. Cause I feel like we're all kind of naturally just inherently selfish. And so to not be selfish, you have to, you have to work on it. So you got to practice. Um, and it does take practice because, you know, I still find myself in some conversations just waiting to talk and not not listening to what the other person's saying. So,
0: well, and that and that shift from selfish to selfless, that question, how can I help you is is pretty powerful. And then, of course, what do you do with their answers becomes the representation of your character cool. for sure. Like, it's easy to ask, how can I help you? And then ignore <laughs> ignore the answers that they're you know giving you. But. But when you take action on that and actually invest yourself in other people then stuff starts to change um, and it's
1: tough you know when I first started doing it it felt disingenuous because it was I mean it just, it just was I had I had to practice it I had to keep doing it I had to keep doing it. I still got to keep doing it and keep doing it because it's it's not natural I can't, you know you can't expect what you were for 41 years to just flip in three years. You know, that just doesn't work that way. You got to, you got to keep working. You got to keep going, keep going. I got to keep listening to Ed Milet. I got to keep listening to Jim Quick. I got to keep listening to John Maxwell. I got to, you know what I mean? I got to keep listening and following those guys because the one thing that they all tell me and and it's consistent across the board is they all got to keep, you know, they're, they're, I'm here and they're here and they still have to work at it. So what makes me think that I don't got to work, you know, Oh, I got it. I figured it out. I'm ready. You know, like that kind of, you know, ego or that kind of like, you know, just self-confidence is just false.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's the mindset, right? Like there's this mindset before you get it, that success is a destination. Like you just show up there and then everything's just woohoo, you know, (laughs) but it's really the journey. Right. And, And there is no end
1: like (laughs) I learned to love the journey. That's the difference too. I I enjoy this. I enjoy learning. I enjoy growing. I enjoy the challenges. I enjoy the failures because now it's like, okay, cool. New lesson. Okay. Pivot, redirect and keep going. Absolutely.
0: Those failures become stepping stones or, or learning experiences that say, okay, well, that didn't work. (laughs) Let's try this. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely, really, really powerful. I appreciated um, that self shift from, you know, selfish to, to selfless. And I think of it as, you know, character's not a light switch, right? You can't just flip on new character and and uh, <laughs> have it all be right there. Um, part of that process is growth and, and maturing. And um, listening to those those voices are definitely a huge step. So I want to I want to talk about confidence, but I also want to ask you, like, when did you get it? And maybe those two go together. I don't know. (laughs) When, when did it, when when did it start to shift for you or what caused the shift?
1: You know, I honestly, um, when I, when I started, set like when I started, I started writing down goals. Right. Because I, you know, once again, I'm going to defer to all the people that I've read and listened and followed, but you know, a goal that's not written down is just a dream, or a wish. A wish, yeah. <laughs> I forget how it was said, but you know. And then, um, you know, another great, you know, another great nugget that I got from Ed mylett was, you know, the way you build confidence is by keeping promises that you make to yourself. So when I said I was going to do something, because we're the first person that's gonna that is going to believe our own BS, <laughs> and then keep serving it up and keep asking for more, and 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 just. So when you stop deceiving yourself, that's when, that's when self-confidence starts. When you say, I'm going to start waking up at four o'clock in the morning and you do it. When you say, I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to start doing, uh, you know, uh, The Miracle Morning is another great book that I read, right? And by Hal Elrod, uh, where he talks about just having a structured, defined morning, right? Um, And it it makes a huge difference, but you got to, you got to keep doing it and you're going to fail, but you can't, you know, you can't just dwell on those failures. You got to just say, okay, Matt, I missed today. I missed Tuesday, but you know what? I'm going to get back after it on Wednesday. And, you know, Andy Priscilla has this, the power list that he does. And it's something that I've adopted and it's, it's been a game changer for me, but right. I put down five things that I'm going to do every single, like, you know, in the beginning of my day, it's part of my morning, but uh, that day I write down five things that I'm going to do that are going to move me forward as a person, move my business forward, um, you know, are, are, are you know, going to move me towards my goals. They're not goals. I'm not setting goals on that power list. I'm setting activities that are going to get me to those goals. Nice. And I write those down every single day. And as long as I get those five things done, my day is a success. I win that day. Right. And you just put those wins together and you start, you know, people are like, I I feel like sometimes we defeat ourselves before we even get started because we just go like, I can't do this forever. (laughs) Right but the reality is you actually can, as long as you commit to it. Now you're not like you just said, you don't just make a, a character change and, and you wake up in the morning and you're like, Oh, I'm a new person. Now this is the way it is. It's like, no, you were that other person for forever. Like basically for your whole life, which is forever. Right. <laughs> to you, that's who you've been. And that's what you've done. So, you know, with Andy, like, I love the way that he, he laid it out was like, Hey, you know what? You're going to win a day and then you're going to lose and then you're going to win and then you're going to lose. But guess what? If you win four out of seven days, You won the week,
0: right? If you win win one day, you run more than most people even try.
1: (laughs) Exactly. But you just, it's, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stack those wins, right? And then you gotta understand that like, you're not, you may not hit 365 days, but it only takes four days out of a week. Not that you want to set that lower goal, but if you win four days out of the week, you won the week. If you win 16 days out of a month, you won the month. You know, if, it's, and you just, you put those together, put those together. And, and what I saw was exactly that. Like I, I win three days and I'd lose four. Okay. I lost that, but I won the day I won today. So I won a day, but I lost the week. Okay, cool. Now I got to get back out. And then boom. Then all of a sudden it was four. The bigger,
0: yeah, yeah. bigger pieces celebrate, celebrate the wins and move on from the loss. Right. And then, and then the wins start to stack up because you like those a heck of a lot better than you like the, the ones you lose. Right, and then and then those, it becomes a force multiplier.
1: It becomes a habit. Yeah. It, it becomes, you're, just, you're just used to winning and then losing is not an option. And then you stop accepting losing. I mean, there, there's been days when like, I, I swear I've gotten four things done on my list and it's like eight o'clock. I go to bed at eight 30 every night. I go to bed early, you know, and well, if
0: you're getting up at 4am. You better be.
1: <laughs> I, and I've been upstairs in bed, like doing my nighttime ritual. And I'm looking at my list and I'm like, I didn't get that thing done. And I get out of bed, I come back downstairs, I go in my office and I, I do what I got to do to knock that thing out If I as long as I can. Hopefully it's not I had to make a phone call or something, you know, but um, nice. But it, but it, it, losing becomes unacceptable. Nice. And so, you know, you just you, you got to but you got to work at it. You got to practice.
0: So would you mind sharing? Tell me what your your morning the steps in your morning routine.
1: Uh, so my morning starts with um, prayer, you know, gratefulness, just gratitude. Like thankful that I woke up, I woke up, you know, I I feel like sometimes like when I was a kid, I used to always like, you know, your gratitude had to be huge, right? Like, thank you for my, you know, whatever grandiose thing you can think of. But, you know, now it's like, you know, thank you that I woke up this morning and thank you that I'm I'm in a warm bed and there's clean water next to me. And, and you know, just that that gratitude is where I start, Um, you know, and then I and then I pray. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's two separate. that I have gratitude where like I'm just, you know, giving thanks for what I have and and those, you know, those little things of like, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, that, and then I pray and I pray for, you know, depending on what the day or what my feeling is, sometimes it's like wisdom or sometimes it's uh, well, it's always forgiveness. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, I go through that and then I I drink water. So it's one of those, it sounds simple, but it's one of those things that you know, people have a hard time doing. And I just, I want to start my day off right. So I drink a liter of water um, and then I go work out, um, get active, get going, you know, get on my Peloton or, or get, I have a gym downstairs. So go, go work out, get that in, go outside, walk around, but just something active, something, um, something that gets me moving. Um, next thing I do when I get done with that is I read. I try to read at least 10 to 15 pages a day. Um, and then after that, I listen. And I have a number of different podcasts. I, I know I mentioned most of them, but um, I listen to those those podcasts. And that's that's a great thought. You know, the, the what it seems like. You know, some people are like, "Man, it seems like a lot." It's like, well, here's the beauty of it: is that I got up at four o'clock. So by the time I'm done, it's six, <laughs> um, and the rest of the world still isn't awake. Right. And I'm done with I'm done with my morning. And I, I, you know, the last thing I do after after I listen to my podcast is I get I get into my I get into my planner, and I get into my planner and I write down my my power list. You know, I have I have the same you know the five I have a power list, and then I have five like kind of a mantra or five things. You know, every single morning, the first one is that you know I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I will greet this day with love in my heart. I will persist until I succeed. I will finish what I start, and discipline equals freedom. And I write those. I don't say. I write them down, and and then I I get my planner. I got my day. You know what what gets planned gets done. <laughs> I believe in that. Um, and uh, and then I you know then, then usually I have a couple hours with my family because that's when they start waking up, and um, I go spend time with them and breakfast and you know do the family thing, and then I'm right back to work. So.
0: Nice. And then is there anything unique it, that you do to close the day?
1: Um, you know, I, I, would, I would direct everybody to go listen to Ed Milet's very first podcast. Um, he has a great, and I, and this is what I do to close the day. Um, I, I, I spend about a half hour um, going over my planner for the next day. I want to make sure I don't want to wake up, wondering what uh, what my day is going to bring. I want to go to sleep knowing it, I feel like it helps me to sleep better. It calms me down because the net tomorrow is not a mystery. I'm OK, this 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 is what I got. And I also reevaluate what my next day looks like, because sometimes I look at it and I look at my power list and I look at the day and how I have it planned. And I'm like, OK, this doesn't serve what I'm trying to do. Nice. If it doesn't, then it gets removed from my calendar and I'll shoot out an email or something and just you know cancel that meeting or cancel that task, whatever it may be. But I I, I like I look at my day and then I, I read, you know, I want to I want to go to bed reading something positive, something that's you know moving me forward, something that I'm going to think about while I'm sleeping. You know, my nice. subconscious is going to dwell on that thing. But I want you know, I want my day, my beginning of my day to be structured and I want the end of my day to be structured. Absolutely. Um, because there's so much chaos in the middle, <laughs> you know. We had a prime example of it just, you know, just now. <laughs> in, the of, in the middle of this. So,
0: well, and and it, you mentioned something, and it kind of applies to morning routine and, and evening routine, and even those those routines in between. You know, s- somebody mentioned like like the hustle, right? When you're in the middle of the hustle, and you know, oh, I can't do that forever right? When they're figuring out what it takes to get their business going. But in, in my mind, it's like, you know, my grandpa was a telephone telecom worker his whole life. Like he worked for Ma bell his entire life, you know, eight to five and, and you can do that for your entire life, but doing what it takes to get yourself the freedom of time and money (laughs) becomes, you know, wow, that's not possible. And, you know, it's interesting. Like, that's another piece of that, outside of the get it and inside the get it, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> to use the language we've been using here so far. Um, so, so confidence. You mentioned um, Ed Milet's uh, statement about you know stop deceiving yourself. What else have you done for for your confidence, or how has your confidence changed over you know these five years we've talked about you know in being self-employed to entrepreneurship. I mean, you you kind of shifted
1: as Uh, a worker. You know, proximity. I hang around confident people. Nice. You know, I I believe that, you know, the energy people put off, good or bad, is going to influence you. And I know this sounds, you know, I'll give an example. I sat down uh, in a one-on-one meeting uh, with a lady one time and, um, she was, she was, uh, referred to me, Oh my, you guys should meet. And I mean, within the first six minutes of our meeting, I mean, it was nothing but negative. It was nothing but complaining. It was nothing but like, And I mean, I was like, wow, like you just met me. And this is how, like, this is how we're starting. And I want to say we got about 10 minutes in and I just told her, I'm like, you know what? I got to go. <laughs> wow. And she was like, what? And I was like, I, I'm like, I got to go. I'm like, I honestly, like, I can't like, you're taking like, and I just told I'm like, you're like taking zero responsibility for anything that's happened to you. And it only took you 10 minutes and you give me like 15 examples of how everything is everybody else's fault. And guess what? I don't want your next thing to be my fault. So I got to go.
0: Wow. Powerful. Um,
1: and I ended the meeting and my, the person that referred her to me called me and she was like, Oh my gosh, like so-and-so said you were like the rudest and I was like, okay, like I understand. I can see that. I can see that that's how she saw it. Um, but, I don't have time um, and I don't have, I don't need that influence. So I want to be around the people that are being positive. I want to be around the people that are confident because like I said, you hang around five confident people, you're going to be number six. <laughs> and, and it's the truth. So well, I'm very, I'm very selective about the circle that I, that I put myself into. I'm very, very conscious of who I'm around and, and you know, what their energy is like. And if I, you know, you get around those, people, and I have people have bad days and I get it but don't share your bad day. You know? <laughs> so.
0: I like that. Well, and really in this process of becoming an entrepreneur and there's, there's definitely people out that I cut out of my life, like um, because either they didn't believe in my dream or they were that s- similar negativity. Like they're just, they just suck the, they just suck the life out of the people that are around. And, and that's how they, how they get their energy, and and yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be somebody. My goal is to add energy to others,
1: right? Like we said, uh, Albert Einstein. Right, stay away <laughs> from negative people because they have a problem for every solution. Like you know, it's <laughs> like man,
0: absolutely. So. I've never thought of, you know, when you were mentioning that, I thought of, I, I've never had a rescue plan for a networking call. Like you send the text to the wife and call me with an emergency so I can get out of here. Like, like a date. Um, I guess part of it, I've never had that in dating because I've been married for 30 years. So <laughs> but that's crazy. So confidence. So proximity, that's, that's a great one. What else has been a big confidence booster for you that, that shifted when you got it? Like, Obviously, your routine helps.
1: Yeah, routine. Um, you know, I'll go back. My my faith. Um, it just it just becomes so much more important. Um, and, and that's built confidence. Um, nice. You know, just not just not not you know my faith in God, but you it builds faith in yourself. It builds belief in yourself because you look at you know who created us and what He created us to be, and He created us to be amazing. He created us to be uh, every, you know, all that we can be like, I, I love, um, you know, I'll refer to Ed Milet again. I mean, I, I just, the guy has just been a huge influence in my life and just changed me, but he has this thing. He goes, you know, he believes, and I believe the same thing he says is that when you, when we die, we're going to go to heaven and we're going to, and you know, God's going to show us the person that we could have been. I don't want that person to be a stranger.
0: Ooh. Hey,
1: hey, right. Hey. <laughs> so, that that's a huge motivator for me that, that that just you know it's like in when i when i think about letting up or i think about taking that day off or i think about you know laxing on this or, or taking it easy on that you know i just think about that it's like we we've got a limited amount of time to get there so we gotta we gotta get after it
0: i i like that a lot so obviously and my has been a mentor in your life what are what other mentors or, or what's your your thoughts on on the idea of mentorship or maybe oh, it's,
1: it's huge. It's huge. You have to, you have to have a mentor and you need to be a mentor, right? Like there's that old saying, like the best way to learn a lesson is to go teach it. Right. So, you know, you, you gotta have, you gotta have those mentors in your life. I was, I, I was blessed enough to meet a billionaire one time. Um, this guy a, he's a venture capitalist that uh, manages $38 billion. Great, great, great guy. And he made this really great, uh, we were at this event where most of the people there were very wealthy. And he, he, he told me, he's like, you know, there's a difference between rich and successful. Amen. And he said, the rich people have a lot of money, but the successful people don't care about the money. The successful people want to share it. And it's not that they want to share their money. They want to share their knowledge. They want to share what they know. They want to, they want to show people, But they're very selective because they got that, they got to where they were because of all the work they did. They got to where they were because they did more than what the other guy would do. So it's like this, it's like this double edged sword of like they know what it takes to get there, but they also know that you can't just go, you know, giving all your time to these because people will just take, right? People are just, I mean, they're just energy suckers. They'll just, oh, you got more to give me, you got more to give me, you got and so they're those successful people, they're looking for the other people that they can see are successful already. You know, and I feel very, it was one of the, it was, it was one of those conversations that like changed my life because he said, I can see that you're, you're, you're destined to be a successful person. Like you, you have that inside of you. And that was in 2000, you know, 2017, which was a really, or 2018, sorry, which was a really rough year. 2017 was horrible. 2018 wasn't much better. And I was in, I was just in a bad spot. And for him to say that to me at that time was kind of like, really? And especially at the level this guy was at. And he just said, he's like, you know, the successful people are are pouring in to other people. Successful people cannot wait to show other people. And he goes, and, and, you know, the, and the reason sometimes you see these people that are just giving stuff away, because the differentiator is, I can give you all the secrets in the world, but only 1% of you are going to execute.
0: That's the shame of it, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. And I, I was like, I, I, that's how I made that decision. I, mean, I don't want to be that 99%. Me
0: neither. Be... <laughs> me neither.
1: Yeah, I started picking up books. I stopped listening to the radio. I stopped watching TV. I started reading. I started listening to the podcasts. And all those people that I was hating on before, all those people <laughs> that were having success, that I was like, oh, he, he must have done something wrong. Or he, you know, he must be he made a deal with the devil. And I know he did something. Like, right? And I started seeking those people out. Right. Like, hey, I just want to be, I need to be around you. Like, tell me what you how can, can I, can I learn from you? Can I, can you show me what you're doing? And, uh, and you know, some people said no, um, but you know, the right people, the right people said yes. So.
0: Nice. That's exciting. So tell me about uh, mentoring down. What are you, uh, what are you doing to pass it on?
1: Uh, you know, it I starts under my roof. Amen. Right. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the most important, um, uh the most important place to start is you know here my boys my daughter my wife um you know we, we got to be you got to leave your house first if your house isn't in order <laughs> you're, exactly. just, you're just faking it um so so that, that's that's where it started you know now i've i'm because i'm starting to grow quick start so i'm starting to bring on you know new loan officers and and just kind of teaching them you know the stuff that I know and putting them through the, the, the grind that I went through and, and um, you know, starting there. And then.
0: That's, that's exciting. I mean, for the growth of your business, but also for the ability to pass, obviously not just mortgage knowledge on, but actually, you know, what it takes, um, what it takes to get it.
1: It is, it is absolutely mandatory. You know, culture is huge. Um, You know, cancer spreads quickly. It doesn't, it's, (laughs) And unfortunately it's been typically spreads a lot quicker than positivity. And, and, oh, absolutely. And uh, so, you know, culture's key. And so all those things I talk about that I'm doing, they're, they're mandatory requirements for the people that come on board and, and onto my team. You better be reading, you better be listening to podcasts and you better go into every meeting with the, how can I help you mindset?
0: Oh, nice. I like it. Is there anything else that you, you want to share you, that feels like it matches what we've talked about so far and,
1: um, no, I, I, you know, I just, I just leave everybody with that. You know, those, those two points, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So do every, Do you know, do the right thing because it's the right thing. Not, not because people are watching, not because, you know, you think it's going to get you points or, you know, whatever it may be, just, you know, change your mindset, change your heart to, to do the right thing because it's the right thing. And then, um, just help each other. Right. Just, just if you, you you can't help too many people
0: nice it's true